Welcome, dear listener, to another Geeking on Sportscast. Thank you again for being here. My name is Kieran. Alongside me is Alex. Thank you as Ayo. always. And we have our African correspondent, Hadam Razmi. Thank you for being here. Uh, I mean, <laughs> little introduction. Do you, want, do you want to say anything? A few quick words? Thank you so much for the world. Welcome, guys. Uh, honestly, an honor to be here, especially as, you know, an African, uh, African expert in uh, African football. Um, I already know this is going to be a great talk. Uh, we're going to go through some great analysis. Um, so a little bit uh, about me. I am Egyptian, so definitely a little bit biased in this tournament, uh, as we do have the best player, Mohamed Salah. But uh, um, So yeah, I'm Egyptian, uh, born in Doha, actually, but grew up in Cairo. Um, I've gotten to witness AFCON celebrations. Ooh. I've gotten to drive home through the celebrations when I was a kid. So this term someone who, I have a little uh, a little bit a little close to home. about that. Someone wrote on your car or car or something like that, right? You, you what so, your mom was driving. Uh, what off AFCON was it? It was um the one that was hosted in Egypt was 2006, I believe. So it was I was eight years old. Uh, we were driving back from my grandma's house. My mom decided to take the road right in front of the stadium. So we were stuck in traffic for like four hours. Um, all the fans were coming out. They started jumping on the cars. They jumped on our car to celebrate. It was it was quite the scenes because it was also um, it was the first one we'd won in a while, the 2006 one. So it was before we got used to it um, when we won the three P. <laughs> so it was just the first one. But um, no, it was great. Um, it was being played at home too. So it was obviously, you know, just like, like winning a tournament at home is a whole nother feeling. Yeah. So very it was, special. It was great. Very special, very hometown feeling. And mm. you can't really describe it. It's just, it's, it's just beyond special. Definitely. All right. This AFCON is also special. So let's get into it. Group A, um, this is Cameroon, Burkina Faso, Cape Verde, and Ethiopia, uh, Cameroon, uh, won the group with seven points. Bur- Burkina Faso came second with four. Cape Verde, I think they, they made it to the round of 16, I believe so, with four yeah. points. And Ethiopia, unfortunate. Sorry to this. Uh, yeah. Ethiopia with one singular point. Uh, little, I, I mean, a little unfortunate, but what can you say? Um, any any quick takes on the Group A action? Um, honestly, you know, um, no notes, not too many of surprises there. For me personally, it was the first time I've uh, seen Cape Verde and Ethiopia play. Um, Ethiopia didn't really like present um, too much of a fight in the big game. So it wasn't really a surprise that they ended up uh, with one point. I was a little bit surprised at how uh, good um, Cape Verde were. Uh, were. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely good to see them qualify then onto the next round. And it's interesting to note that Ethiopia is one of the larger populations in Africa and football is their uh, main sport. I mean, I had to search that up. So I'm pretty sure I'm I'm correct in saying that football is their their Mm -hmm. main sport, national sport. Uh, But it's just it's odd to see them not do or not finding more success. Um, I mean, that being said, there's a lot of really strong uh, countries and footballing countries in Africa. Yeah. I still, I, I feel like you'd, you'd expect well, a bit more from Ethiopia. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I didn't watch it, but like Cape Verde has five hundred thousand people, so like for them to to come third and even make the round of sixteen is pretty incredible. I mean, obviously, Comoros Islands. We'll t- get to that later, but like the size between five hundred thousand, how much is Ethiopia? Like maybe like. 
80 100, 100 like 80 million or something like that's just that's just a crazy difference but yeah no 115 million holy 115 million there you yeah, go okay but yeah yeah i feel like that might go back to a lot of things maybe not um a well put together football national football federation for them maybe not a lot of funding through their national teams um maybe uh, not a lot of international players too and not a lot of a huge spending on the domestic leagues um so i'm not too sure about the situation of ethiopia but we definitely can see in this tournament that population isn't, isn't really like a crazy factor we're seeing countries like um um, a very recent Afghan when we saw Madagascar go through a very, very great run, making all the way to the quarterfinals. So um, it's apparent, you know, it's all heart in this tournament. <laughs> and, and that's that's the beauty of these tournaments, right? Like anyone has a chance of making it. I mean, I don't think many people thought Croatia was going to go to the finals of the you know FIFA World Cup, but they were there. And mm-hmm. that's just part of the magic. That's just, you got to love it. You got to support it. You got to love it. I, I would like to touch on Cameroon just a little bit. I, I think going into this group, they were probably the favorites. They they likely should be. This is their home tournament. So, you know, mm-hmm. they want to, you know, come up big. They want to win this. Um, I thought the first game of the tournament, which was a 2-1 victory for Cameroon, really set the tone of their group. Um, that was their strong outing. And I believe that was against uh, Burkina Faso. I could be mistaken. Uh, I'll um, check. I'll check. Yeah, continue. It was, I, it was it was very exciting, and that was the opening ceremony too. So like yeah. a lot of music, a lot of excitement, a lot of I don't know. Were they vuvuzelas there? I, I couldn't, or it was a different instrument. I couldn't tell, but it was it was a lot of fun. Great, great outing, and uh, I mean they just have such a stacked team with you know Eric Max and Chupomoting. I don't think Andre Onana's playing right now, is he? Uh, he is. He is okay. So really good goalkeeper and just a lot of really, really strong players. Definitely, definitely. There is also the tournament legend um, Abu Bakar, who um, <laughs> who eliminated uh, or knocked Egypt out of the final um, in a very recent Afcon, and it the score the goal he scored was just absolutely beautiful. It was like extra time, composure, flicked the ball right over the defender and took. A beautiful volley uh, brings me nightmares sometimes, but <laughs> that's the way she goes. Um, so definitely that comeback from the first game, like you said, Kieran has definitely set the tone for them. Um, I think it would have been a totally different story if they even drew that game or like, you know, didn't guarantee the victory. So um, yeah, that was very huge for them. Cape Verde. I mean, they've, they've put up a fight. I mean, just to get four points out of that group as well. Yeah. I mean, no, that, that was definitely that's tough. Ready. Should we? Any last points on Group A or let's? Well, I was going to say Abu. Is it Bakar? How do you say Abu his name? Bakar or Abu Bakar? Yeah, Abu Bakar. One or the other. Yeah. Well, he leads the tournament so far in scoring. So that's that's the fact checking that I've done. So, um, yeah, and so clearly a, a good player. Definitely, definitely. Um, Evans bet on him to score on that first game. Definitely, uh, <laughs> rewards. So <laughs> definitely a good call. Yeah. Already Group B action with Senegal, Guinea, Malawi, and Zimbabwe. Uh, Senegal winning the group, although it, I've, were, never, I've never seen a group play where someone with five points wins it. I've never seen that. Like, yeah. that's so uncommon. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's such a low score. That was a very, very, like, I don't know how to call it a well-matched group, or, but <laughs> um, five points for Senegal, four points for Guinea, four points for Malawi, 
and three points for Zimbabwe. That that's just absolutely nuts. So it's all like by a hairline. Every like draw mattered. Every everything mattered in mm-hmm. all these tournaments. You know, um, the crazy part is, as everyone knows, it's only like one leg. So uh, it's a lot of pressure to win that game or at least like force a draw because any point any opposition team um, gains really puts you in a very compromising position. Um, and yeah, it's definitely surprising. Senegal um, through the group stages actually only scored a single goal uh, in their first game. And that was in the <clears throat> minute and it was a, it was a, free, uh, a penalty. So that was just huge for them because they might have found themselves in a situation like Zimbabwe or should I say Algeria, <laughs> where they were just dead lost um, in that group and not qualifying um, and being the number one African country, uh, ranked African country by FIFA and getting knocked out that early would have just been disappointing to them and to the whole tournament. Really. Right, so let's stay on the Senegal fact or Senegal um, train here. Why do we think that they haven't like pulled up to their, you know, potential? I mean, they're <laughs> obviously a really stacked team with yeah. you know the likes of Bruno Sar, I mean, not Bruno Sar, necessarily, but Kule Bali, uh, you know, Sadio Mane, and tons yeah. of other really good players. Did you say uh, Gay? Yeah, um, at PSG. They, yep. They have a really really strong team. So no. why haven't we seen the best from them? Obviously, Mendy is out and, and Koulibaly is out with COVID. But they just came so back. They came back they, for the last They game. did play the last game. So that was some excuses we were making on, like, you know, on their behalf. Like, maybe the players weren't, um, you know, making as much of an attacking threat or, like, that presence up there because they felt the need to go cover further two key like like players mendy like the world's best goalkeeper and Kolobali, one of the world's best defenders so maybe they weren't like pushing up as much maybe they didn't have that confidence you know in their back line it could have been like a lot but clearly in their last game they still also didn't manage to secure that like those last three points um so i honestly don't really know exactly what happened there but i do have like a really like um a theory that like i think makes a lot of sense and that's that um senegal even though being a country that's always had an amazing team for afcon even like you know the days where they had a haji Diouf, um they have never actually ever won an afcon and that puts a lot of pressure on players a lot a huge amount of pressure i remember watching a documentary uh, about sadio mane and you could see like 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 how upset the senegalese people is that they have this now phenomenal player and he didn't bring them back the Afcon last time when they they faced Algeria. So it's just it's just so much pressure, and it's not like they the players can't rise to that pressure, but it, it definitely is a factor there. It definitely is a factor, and I feel like teams like such as Cameroon um, that have already won the Afcon before I just have like this certain like you know bit of confidence or like you know not as much to lose if you will. So yeah, I feel like that definitely comes out in their gameplay. The been there, done that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Are we gonna perhaps see this the sleeping giant wake up? I mean, they don't have the toughest opponent, if I'm not mistaken, in Cape Verde. I mean, they should they should win, but realistically win that game. Are mm-hmm. we gonna see more from this team, or perhaps even with all the players coming together, there isn't enough chemistry to make this you know work? Um. You know, with other teams, uh, even Senegal, Algeria, you kind of just were like waiting to see if they would 
turn stuff around and we watched some teams and like you know for three games we're like okay maybe it was the first game you know they're going to bounce back but um I don't know honestly I can't give you anything for sure we're just going to have to see them Cape Verde but everyone is going to be expecting you know Senegal to come back strong they're going to be expecting Senegal to just absolutely like demolish Cape Verde because they're going to have to set that tone if they want to fly all the way to the finals and achieve their first ever AFCON well a lot lot to be said and I think it will be a a very fun game to watch and I mean, there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of Liverpool fans as well, <laughs> uh, cheering on Sadio Mane and, you know, Mohamed Salah as well. Um, but, you know, let, let, let's see how they do in Cape Verde. I think if they do pull it off, if they do beat Cape Verde, which I predict they will, um, I think they could wake up. I think they could get things together and start, you know, getting their tanks going. Um, they, they'd play the winner of Mali and Equatorial Guinea, so like they'd have a decent chance to make the semis. Truthfully, like they should be favored in that. Mali, Mali is a very it's a good very team. Powerful. It's a good yeah. team, yeah. But they still have more talent. Like it's right. Definitely. So, Definitely. Yeah, especially and, you know, like like I said, when you have a goalkeeper and a defender of the stature of Kolebali and Edward Mundy, you know, these, these are people who win tournaments, you know, defense, have- as they say, defense wins tournaments, right? So, especially, yeah. especially in like, um, what's it called? Uh, in knockout phase, right? Like if you're not giving up goals, like it just goes to pens and then it's like 50, 50, right. And you just need to nick a goal. Like, it's not like they were giving up a bunch of goals and scraping draws. Like, like they weren't scoring, which is not a good thing because like they'll play better teams, but the silver lining is they didn't give up any goals, right? So they yeah. scored one and gave up none in, in three games, which is somewhat impressive. Personally, I, I think Senegal will will surprise us the next game in a good way, I hope. Um, hopefully they're going to take, you know, some takeaways. They're going to use, uh, you know, their players to their advantage because they do have arguably, or not even arguably, they do have the best African squad. So um, I would just like to see them, you know, put that to use and uh, just see a great game versus Cape Verde, hopefully. It'll be a lot of fun. Already moving to Group C. Now, <laughs> Morocco came off winning this group with seven points, Gabon with five, Comoros with three, and Ghana with one. Now, okay, this is in 2010 Ghana. But surely, that's what I was trying to tell you. Ghana has to come. <laughs> yeah, like I, I mean, I, I'm a little biased when it comes to Ghana. I fell in love with that 2010 team, um, even though they're in the same group as Germany. I just, I love them. I, they were so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but now that I'm living, or I should say, to give context, I'm living in a new city, London, Ontario, and I'm playing. I have a lot of Ghanaian friends that go to my university. They're in my program. And they've introduced me to a lot of their friends. And, you know, we're, we're talking about these games. And it's so sad to see, you know, all their face. Like, I mean, I have one of only one of them was happy that they came last in the group. Um, the rest were pretty bummed. But it's just like, it, it's so crazy to see like giants fall. And, and you'd expect this team to be better, but it just hasn't worked out. Um, now, I'll, we'll talk a bit about that later. But let, let's get to Morocco. Let's get to Gabon. Um, what do we like there? What do we like there? Um, so for Morocco, really no surprises for me. They do have, you know, one of the, the best squads, um, very well-rounded, um, really competent players. Um, you know, they've, uh, they just, uh, they, they're really good on the ball. Um, 
Gabon, on the other hand, I was surprised to not see you. Well, um, there was all this speculation of Aubameyang not featuring because of disciplinary issues, uh, but that has since been corrected by him um, to, to explain that it was actually because of, um, I think it was a, an issue with his heart um, from, uh, from COVID. I, I did some preliminary research. Apparently, he might have also broken protocols and went partying. And that's why he was sent home too. Like there's like, this was off like ESPN. So it wasn't like a completely, so yeah. I don't, I know he got COVID. What you said yeah. is right too, but I also heard that too when I did some research. I, I did hear about that too. Him, him and uh, Lamina, I believe, coming back mm-hmm. to the hotel. Um, and uh, yeah, that wasn't definitely not a pretty, definitely not a pretty picture, especially with uh, his issues at the club level um so that's definitely going to prove challenging with him at both a country and club level i did hear that uh lamina retired from international duty too um so um definitely some controversy there in the gabon team but still with all the drama they managed to qualify with five points so uh, good for them really are they um was obama the captain of uh, gabon um, I believe he was at some point. Um, not too long ago, there was a World Cup qualifier game between Egypt and Gabon, uh, where Aubameyang was playing and he was the captain. So, because hmm. um, I'm just thinking, if he's a captain and he's pulling that kind of stuff off, I mean, that can't rub off well for the rest of the team, and it's especially for the players that are taking it seriously and and are, you know, sticking to the um rules and, and you know trying to <clears throat> do their best to be safe and win mm-hmm. definitely definitely Kieran. yeah players of that stature definitely have to set the precedence for uh, the precedence for other players you know they have to they kind of have this like you know like um almost responsibility um in the way that they carry themselves you know for the team it's a lot more than just like leading on the pitch mm-hmm. but yeah um just a little bit disappointing there but Hopefully, you know, they can manage to do great without uh, their two superstars. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I would like to say Ashraf Hakimi has been lights out. Like, I, I had the pleasure of watching the guy play for Dortmund for two years. He is so good on the ball. Not the best defensively, but on the ball, he, he's like Davies. He, he plays like um, Alfonso yeah. Davies. Mm-hmm. Um, he might actually be a little faster than Davies, too. Um, <laughs> I was pulling the eyes right but, there. That, but he is fast. No, he but, is he, but oh. he, he's really he's really really smart in attacking offensively and also just positional awareness. He's he's also really good at that too. Um, but yeah, I really like the balance of this team. Yeah. They they don't seem too uh, nervous going forward. They don't seem too nervous defending. Um, it, it was a bit scuffy in that game against Ghana in the first game. Of the tournament for them um but they they held down they, they held down the fort and uh not that ghana really got too many opportunities but um they looked really really solid and and i i mean this looks like a team that could really push far yeah you know um you kind of like have to think it's a solid team when they don't even want to call up one of their star players um uh, ZH because of uh, some issues with the national team so you can see that you know they're they're really trying to not like cause that like drama in the change room they want that attitude that winning mentality 
um, that die for your country on the field and bleed. So um, you could really see that the coach is, you know, like very serious about that tournament. It was a very huge move to not include, you know, someone like um, someone like Ziyech. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, going back to what you said about Ashraf Hakimi, is absolutely a phenomenal player. Um, I am not, um, I wasn't um, like a fan like you were from mm-hmm. since the, the Dortmund days. Uh, personally, I've only been watching him uh, a little bit towards his end of his career in Inter Milan and in PSG. And just seeing him on the wing uh, with Mbappe is just absolutely crazy. Boy. Like whenever him and, and Mbappe on, on like going for the same run, it's just like, just insane amount of speed <laughs> well, how do you but, defend that yeah he, sometimes you just can't and his crossing ability is very good too so he's, he's just a great player honestly yeah a lot to like now before we move off from group c alex do you have something to, to add to this or no no i think you guys kind of hit all the points um yeah i'm just i want to learn more about the lamina and obama yang but otherwise yeah no you guys hit all the points and also zh because i think that'd be if he was in that team, you'd really, really like them even more, maybe. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't like his attitude though, especially right now for Chelsea. Like he's not been. I'm not that any Chelsea attacker has been good, um, but it's, the, the attitude has not looked great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before we leave, um, as I mentioned when I was speaking to my my Ghanaian friends, they mentioned that one reason for why this team didn't find much success was because they don't really take, they don't really, well, there's a little bit of corruption, but players aren't being chosen from the like inner leagues of Ghana. Like, like Mm -hmm. my friends were saying they really wanted to see more youth players come up. And those are the type of players that are really in it to win for the country, as opposed to some that are abroad and already have the money and, and Mm -hmm. aren't too caring for it. I mean, I don't know how true that is necessarily speaking, but it's just a whole bunch of things kind of crippled their ability to find success. Um, Not that this is the strongest Canadian team that they've had on paper. And, but you can, you can see with a lot of their players, a lot of their older players, they haven't really moved on from that, you know, previous generation and, and bring in the youth, so to speak. Um, but it, it would be interesting to see if, if they actually do change and do that, because there's a lot of talented uh, young players and they, they need to prove themselves on the world stage. Definitely, definitely. You know what I really think that comes back to here? And I really think that comes back to coach selection. I think like, you know, in Africa, that is huge, very, very huge. So um, as like the, I did a quick Google on the Ghanaian coach, because uh, to be honest, uh, I wasn't sure who he was. I believe he's uh, a Serbian national. Mm. I somehow doubt he has been, you know, kept up to date and been monitoring the Ghanaian uh, domestic league for quite like a time or like even if he got all caught up on it, like it's just it's just hard to have that perspective on domestic players while not being a national yourself. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about uh, this when uh, we move on to the Egypt group because um, just have some stuff to say about past Egypt coaches that just contributed to the success. But even if we look at um, Algeria, even though it's the same coach they played with this year, um, when they do, did win last AFCON, they had a domestic um, coach um, uh, who really knows all of his players really well. You could tell that from his choice of subs 
from you know his inclusion of players um not choosing to choose certain star players at time because he does know his players so like maybe not even I was a little bit upset about this, so we'll talk about it later when we go into the Algeria group, but not including certain star players. So, yeah. A lot to be said. Already mm-hmm. moving on to Group D. Now, this was your group. This was your team, yeah. your country. A lot to say about this. <laughs> a lot to say. Well, we'll get right into it. Um, Nigeria comes off as a group leaders with nine points, Egypt with six, Sierra Leone with two. And I might, I might add, Sierra Leone getting two oh, points. Sorry. Um, I think uh, it's Guinea-Bissau. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was looking. That's okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Sudan, That's fine. Sudan with one point. Guinea-Bissau with one point. Sorry, my, my notes got shifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, Sierra Leone getting two points in Group E is also pretty astonishing. Um, but yes, mm-hmm. getting back to Group D, my apologies. Nigeria, nine points. Egypt, six points. Sudan, one point. Guinea-Bissau, one point. Um, Egypt, I mean, I think the biggest game that we were looking at was Egypt, uh, Egypt, Nigeria. Um, I don't think Egypt really gave much of chance. They, they didn't really, I mean, they, they looked disorganized in, in some sense during oh, the game. Definitely, definitely. So honestly, no surprises there from Nigeria winning the nine points after watching the opening game with Egypt. Um, they were absolutely dominating. Inacho took that chance beautifully and just finished that ball like very well it wasn't their only chance honestly i was a little bit surprised and ended one nil um we did actually have a chance to we had a really good chance to equalize uh with sala literally just flicking um flicking the ball like and just it ending like you know touching like the keeper's outstretched leg you know um it wouldn't have been fair to nigeria (laughs) if we had drawn and taken these points away from them and i feel like uh they might have even you know started playing a little bit more aggressively (laughs) but um yeah your goalie Um, kept you in it no definitely el shanawi is huge um so he is uh probably the best domestic playing african goalie um he's led his um he's led his uh, club el ahli which is by the way the second most decorated club in the world after real madrid fun fact <laughs> he's led them to um multiple um african champions league uh which is no small tournament obviously um yeah he's just been uh, very phenomenal for the for the national team and uh the club uh, we've had like really good luck with keepers. Uh, Egyptian keepers have been uh, amazing. Um, so Al Shanawi taking over from Al Hadari was just uh, phenomenal. We've always been lucky in that area for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, no surprises when Nigeria is nine points, as I said. Yes, the the Eagles have uh, definitely put their uh, well. They've they've talked. Was it walk the talk? Talk the walk. Yeah, they, they soared high. <laughs> so yeah, definitely the Nigerian Super Eagles. They they did phenomenally, and it's honestly going back. I, I'm looking forward to watching them, um, like, in the rest of the tournament, hoping uh, we don't face them too soon. <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, we will just have to wait and see. Um, so you mentioned a little bit, you know, I'm just going to go back to your point about Egypt being very disorganized that game. So the craziest thing that game for me, I was, I was searching up the, I was just very excited for that tournament, you know? So I just kept searching up the lineups. I wanted to know what, where, where we're going to play with, you know? 
Um, I wanted to know if we we're going to finally play Teza Gay, who's came back from an injury. Um, I wanted to know where Salah was going to play. I wanted to know if Mustafa Muhammad, our um, best number nine, uh, I believe, who plays, who's a striker for Galatasaray. I wanted to know where he would play. So um, I can only tell you I was very disappointed <laughs> to see our lineup. Um, not because of the eminence of any like big names, but Salah playing as a striker just didn't make any sense to me. And Mustafa Muhammad, who is a pure, a pure number nine, amazing um, at headers and aerial battles. Um, just, I, I can't really say more than a pure number nine. <laughs> that's that's legit like all this guy um, is. So playing him on the wing just made absolutely no sense for me. Um, I think uh, what uh, the coach was going for is he was hoping, you know, to confuse Nigeria a little bit. Uh, by playing Salah as a striker and Mustafa Muhammad on the wing and then, you know, doing a switch in the middle, you know, discombobulate them a little. But that did not um, end up playing to our advantage as we couldn't even string together a couple of paths to, <laughs> to get the ball up to Salah. Um, so, yeah, you could tell that, um, you know, he received a lot of backlash on that. And there was a lot of talk on, like, Salah, like, you know, like, we get that you have to be respectful to, you know, the manager but how could you not like oppose <laughs> to being played yeah. out of your natural position, you know, like no. you know, if you've ever seen Salah's heat map, he literally plays in the same like, like area throughout <laughs> his whole career. It's like by the line and he's clearly so effective there. And clearly Mustafa Muhammad is also very effective at headers um, and getting, uh, you know, his head on those crosses. Um, so that, that caused a lot of frustration for Egypt. Um, it was corrected in later games, um, helped us gain the points we need to qualify. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, another thing was, uh, like I said, um, so coaches not really knowing uh, domestic players too well. Um, so a huge thing. Okay, so very recently there was the Arab Cup, uh, which was hosted in Qatar. Uh, was Qatar's opportunity to show off their new World Cup uh, facilities, you know, uh, their first basic, like, hosting. Um, so it, w- it was a cool tournament. But um, so everyone who was playing in that tournament was mostly domestic players for their country because obviously international yeah. players didn't uh, take a break to get back to that. Um, and so um, Egypt actually didn't do too, too bad. Uh, I believe we lost to Tunisia in the semifinals. Um, but there were some really great players that the coach had called up for that tournament that performed really well that he hadn't called up to AFCON, which didn't make a lot of sense. And there are players who he hadn't called up to the Arab Cup, which he called up to AFCON, <laughs> even though they like the players that performed well, like it, it just it was just a whole mess. Uh, again, like, uh, you know, you would see like a lot of outcries from people on social media about that. Um, so just a little bit disappointing since you actually get to pick more uh, people players. for your squad because of COVID. You get, I believe, three extra players. And um, the manager for Egypt actually missed a huge player for us. Uh, his name is Afsha. Um, he is possibly one of the best players for Al Ahli. And he's just been phenomenal for the national team. Um, lots of question marks there, but I just don't understand why he would admit him. Mm. With, with all that being said do you think you were lucky to come off with six points from this group um you know um six points sure qualification i wouldn't say we were lucky to qualify um but um definitely it wasn't like we beat uh, these other teams by huge margins i was expecting um a much 
larger defeat to Sudan, for example, uh, based on the fact that we did play them recently in the Arab Cup and we completely dominated them. But uh, like I'm saying, this tournament means a lot <laughs> to, to these teams, you know. So uh, definitely a little bit uh, surprised with the six points or a little bit, but um, I definitely knew we were going to qualify or at least hope so. Uh, I'm more surprised by Guinea-Bissau only securing one point. Uh, they played really well against us. We managed to squeeze that like one goal in, but it was, I want to say it was a well-matched well game. So um, it, it, uh, it's disappointing that they didn't beat Sudan because uh, they would have actually qualified to the round of 16. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it uh, sucks for them. Yeah. Alrighty, let's move on to Group E. Now I'll correct my mistake. Ivory Coast, seven points. They won the group. Equatorial Guinea, six points. Sierra Leone, two points. Algeria, one, one point. point. <laughs> Big shocker right there. I mean, I, I know at the start of this <laughs> tournament, although you were saying Egypt was going to win it because of your team, you were saying Algeria quite Definitely. a bit. Definitely. Um, especially since, like, literally a month ago, they just won the Arab Cup. So... Mm -hmm. Arguably, they are supposed to be the best of the Arab countries mm -hmm. uh, and, and all of the Arab countries, you know, including the North African ones. Um, so it was definitely shocking to see what happened to Algeria. But, um, you know, it's just, they didn't it's not like they didn't have chances. They had so many opportunities to score to score and they just didn't take their chances. I believe they had about over 10 shots on target throughout the tournament. And the only goal that they scored was when they were three nil down against Ivory Coast, which uh, at that point really meant nothing. <laughs> yeah. It was just, you know, leaving the tournament with something, you know, for all these supporters that came to watch you. Um, definitely very disappointing for Algeria. Um, I was expecting a lot more from them. Um, I was expecting to see Ben Rahma play a little bit more. Um, there were other players, and not taking away from the other Algerian players, Yusuf Bilaili, um, he was really good. Um, uh, ben Humda, I think uh, his name is, was phenomenal. Um, just overall, they have like a really good team, and their keeper is also very good. But I guess you know when you're when you're that winner, when you're that giant. Um, also, teams are taking you a lot more seriously. They're putting, you know, a lot more into their defense, you know. Um, so, you know, the Giants have fallen. What, what more can I say? <laughs> I, I think also there can be some co complacency that, you know, comes in. Uh, I'm not saying that they were complacent, but often, I mean, you know, think about when, when Germany came back to the World Cup in 2018. They just, you know, they lost in group stage um, with you know, Spain after the 2010 World Cup, they lost in 2014 in group stage. Like it, it's not uncommon to see teams that do really well uh, or win a tournament and then just completely mess up later on. Um, perhaps it's, it's something like that. Um, I mean, but I mean, I think kudos also to uh, like the Sierra Leone goalie with his, I think nine or 10 saves. And a lot of those were pretty difficult saves to make. Like, holy, that, that's, that's, that's crazy. And I don't, Sierra Leone's not a great team by any means. But, I mean. I think it was their first AFCON in, like, forever, right? Am I, I'm might be. Well, yeah. yeah. They had it. Like yeah. 
anyways, so good for them. That's pretty cool for them, especially in their first AFCON in forever. Yeah, yeah. I was honestly very excited to see Sierra Leone, uh, you know, make it mm-hmm. past the group stage. Definitely very disappointing to see the amount of heart, you know, that's like mm-hmm. the embodiment of heart in that tournament. Uh, that keeper was just phenomenal. <laughs> um, and Alex Adams, if you will. <laughs> but, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, he, he, he was great. Um, hopefully we'll see more of them in the future and they'll qualify for the next AFCON. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, very great effort by Sierra Leone, really. Did, did Equatorial Guinea kind of come out of nowhere? Or, or was this like a team that have always been pretty solid? Um, honestly, I, I couldn't really tell you. Um, I believe they've hosted AFCON recently. Uh, or not recently, like uh, in the 2000s. Um, I'm not sure how yeah they know. did in 20 2015 and they co-hosted it in 2012 yeah, yeah yeah so they definitely do have that african footballing presence um i don't believe they've ever won um an afcon though um but yeah not 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 bad at all with a group with ivory coast and algeria securing six points uh that, that's huge for them to say the least that's tough that is tough yeah Oh, <laughs> well, before we move on to the next group, Ivory Coast, um, they look like one of the favorites as well to perhaps challenge. I mean, they've always had a history of amazing players that have played for the team. I mean, just when we were kids, you mm-hmm. know, Drogba, Salomon Kalou, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the Tuile brothers. Yep. Uh, they're Ivory Coast as well, right? Yep, yep, yep. So, you know, they've had some really, really strong teams in the past, mm-hmm. and they have a strong team right now as well. Definitely. Like you said, Kieran, they're definitely up there as favorites. Um, it was, you know, crazy seeing the way that uh, the confidence they played with against Algeria. And, you know, that really puts you in the tournament, like, perspective that puts you in a very, very good position, you know, eliminating easily eliminating uh, the uh, AFCON champions out of the tournament. Um, they even scored that fourth goal that was offside. So they were definitely not playing any games with uh, Algeria. And they definitely set the precedence nicely for themselves, you know, to put that little intimidation in other teams, you know, and that confidence uh, in their players too, you know. It wasn't just like a one or two goal difference. They, they, really, they really did uh, well. So it's definitely going to be exciting watching them. And they have a lot of star players, um, star players, and then also players that are pretty solid. I mean, Frank Kessier, Kessier, yeah, very good player for AC Milan, and Definitely. he's he's poised to go to a very very strong team. I, I believe he's off contract this year, so expect to see him at a, a really good team. You know, Nicholas Pepe, we we he plays like a different player for. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's a he. I mean, Arsenal Pepe is not great. But Ivory Coast Pepe is something else. You know, no, Sebastian no. Haller, Wilfred Zaha, you know, they have a lot of really good players and solid players like Aurier and Bailly as well. And um, obviously I'm naming, I'm a little biased in that I know more of the players that play in Europe and for the bigger mm-hmm. teams, but they have, a, they have a lot of good players and they have also a lot of good depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I was a little surprised, like uh, their squad, um, you know, uh, it was really, really, um, you know, it's only rivaled uh, by Nigeria, I would say, depth-wise. Uh, with uh, You know, these professional uh, uh, footballers playing for these huge European clubs. So, um, yeah. 
And before we move on, I'd like to say Sebastian Aller and his season mm-hmm. so far. I think he he won the golden or not golden boot, but um, he had the most goals in the Champions League group stage. I think with ten or eleven. So like just that on its own, phenomenal. He's he's a phenomenal striker. Uh, didn't didn't work so well at West Ham, but he was especially good for Frankfurt, and he's showing his class at Ajax right now. Um, I, I've I've really enjoyed watching the guy over the years. He's very very talented striker. Uh, number nine that not many teams would like to go against for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Group F with Mali coming off with seven points, Gambia seven points, Tunisia with three points, and Mauritania with zero points. Now, um, mm-hmm. I must say, I remember seeing Tunisia at twenty eighteen. But to come off in third place with only three points, I mean, I'm I'm a little surprised. I thought I, I expected more from them. I mean, nothing against Mali or Gambia, but I know Tunisia is is they have a really good team and uh, they controlled the games. They they had about 65 to 70 percent for most of their games. And I mean, you you said that they came to they were in the semifinals for the Arab Cup. So they, they went to the finals actually. They went to the finals. They so Algeria, yep. They have a great team. What like what what went wrong? Um, it, you're you're right, Kieran. Really, um, there's really no excuses for them to be at three points um, in that group. Um, a, a couple things though. Um, in the very first game, uh, where they were playing Mali, uh, Mali really put up a, a great fight, um, and. They uh, even had to, you know, concede a red card um, just uh, to prevent, uh, sorry, to prevent Tunisia from like being a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of a difficult game for Tunisia. And Mali is a very, very strong uh, country, uh, African footballing country. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little bit disappointing and kind of put them off for a rocky start. They did come back very strong in the next game, and they uh, completely decimated Mauritania. I believe it was either three 0 or four uh, nil. But uh, it, two, it, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. What was it? Three? Or? I was I was looking at a different. I was looking at um, it was four nil. It's four nil. Mauritania. Yeah, four nil. That was the biggest uh, defeat um, of the Afcon tournament so far, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they they came back uh, stronger than ever. Um, in their final game, they got a red card in the first half or at the very end of the first half. So um, I that kind of explains uh, where that went wrong for them. Um, they could have, uh, you know, Gambia actually ended up scoring. Um, this player for Gambia has been scoring a lot. His name is M. Barlow, I believe. Uh, he scored in the additional time, uh, the 90-something minute, uh, and he sealed Gambia's three points to give them seven points, which is... Absolutely phenomenal from uh, for Gambia. I've only ever met one Gambian person um, my whole life. And honestly, I don't think I would know of the Gambia if it wasn't for that person I met in middle school. It's not a very big country. Their population is uh, relatively small. I believe it's um, two million um, or something. Yep. Yep. Um, two and a half million almost. So that's just, wow. Like, uh, uh, you know, and like... A huge applaud to them. I don't think they've ever qualified uh, for AFCON before, which is another huge thing. So your first ever qualification. If somebody could fact check me on that, I'd be appreciated. I'll, I'll check it. Don't worry. Yeah. But um, I I do think that was their first ever qualification. So bossing the group stage like this, 
great for them. Yeah, definitely a very interesting group to a group to watch. Uh, let Let's move on to which team has surprised you the most during this this group stage so far. Um, so I've got to say Algeria. <laughs> okay. So, but so that, not, that's not, underwhelming. Not in way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Surprise in a, in a negative way. Definitely. Definitely. And you, you can't say that they played bad. Um, you can definitely say that there was this fear. Like they almost knew ever since the girls game, like, Hey, is this going to happen? Which you can't come into a tournament like that. You, you've got to, you know, make yourself like huge, make yourself the champion, you know, come, come and intimidate your opponents, you know, carry yourself mm -hmm. as a team of Algeria stature should. But the team that surprised me in the best way is one Nigeria because they are so good physically. Um, they're so good at stringing the passes together, the creativity, um, they're just, they're just really good. And another one has to be Comoros because uh, yeah, nobody see them. Like no, nobody saw that coming, you know, Comoros knocking out Ghana, you know, scoring, scoring a third goal on them. Um, that was, that was for yeah. Ghanaian fans. And personally, I didn't even know um, what um, to expect Comoros players to look like. <laughs> I wasn't really sure like uh, about Comoros until um until I watched a little bit of them. So it was definitely, definitely very cool. Now, Alex, I know you have a, a question. So like uh, about Egypt, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, well, I think we can do it at the end, but I'll do it. I, let's do it at the end. Cause it's about the world cup. Let's wrap up okay. like after the AFCON talk. So right. one thing, and I, I just thought about this now, and I, I don't know if you have an answer for it, but when I'm looking at the countries that are in the, uh, in Afghan, in this tournament, I'm noticing the majority of them, if not all of them, barring I think two, are in the northern half of Africa. Is is there is there is there more of a soccer culture in the northern half, or is there? Um, so I believe uh, mostly it's actually on the coasts. <laughs> I believe that's where like a lot of the, the soccer culture comes, you know? Um, I don't know why, but a lot of these countries, if like, you know, I'm just like kind of like trying to paint a picture uh, in my head and, you know, North Africa, you have uh, Tunisia, Egypt, um, you got Morocco, uh, Algeria, Mauritania, Mali. Mauritania, yeah, they're all great players. And then on the West Coast, you have, I believe, uh, Senegal, you have Ivory Coast, uh, the Gambia is also there. Guinea-Bissau, um, Sierra Leone, Cote yep. d'Ivoire, um, Nigeria, Equatorial Guinea, Gabon. Canada. Yeah, they're, most, they're mostly on the coast. Yeah, I'm looking at a map yeah. right now. Yeah, it's, it's either North Africa or along the Western Coast. So I'm yeah. surprised. And sorry, but when, I, when I meant like North, I meant North of like Democratic Republic of Congo. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Another yeah, big team also has to be South Africa. Uh, they're, they're not a, a small team on the continent. Um, so honestly, I don't know if there's any specific reason for that, Kieran. Um, but it also seems that a lot of the larger countries in Africa are on the coasts. So. 
I mean, that that makes sense mostly due to just trade, right? Like it's a yeah. postal, like a um, like for gold, like a port. No, well, not necessarily a Gold Coast. They just meant more that it's it's a you know this is just conjecture. I don't know for sure, but normally if you're on the coast then you can be a port therefore you can have trade and stuff like that right so it's just a it's a, a way of that yeah um you want to keep going yeah so um alex what, what was the team that you were most surprised by or underwhelmed by you don't have to ask me about this because I, <laughs> I i truthfully haven't watched any of it i watched a little bit of the highlights um i think just the the big kind of the most surprising result obviously i think would be algeria um and ghana not making it like i think those are you know legitimate threats normally to to make the world cup and we'll, we'll talk about that a bit later but you know you'd expected especially in those groups to at least make it um because it's not even top two because there was a what four it's like the same rule with a uh, 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 european champions no 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 it's Euros. not Oh, Euros. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So like you don't even have to come top two and they ended up with one point. Right. So I think yeah. that's just the big surprise is like we can talk really, about. You just don't have to be the worst eight teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to like when. Yeah, exactly. When there's 24 and 16 make it to the next round, it's yeah. it's hard to get out. Uh, not to get out. I mean, so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's let's go on to our round of 16 matchup predictions uh let's do each game we'll give our score who's gonna win and a little bit of why if you'd like um i want to see if there's any interesting results here for if, if we're off page on on any of these so uh burkino faso gabon who do you guys think is going to move on um so personally i really 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 like burkino faso um i think they played really well in that first game honestly I feel like they deserved a draw or even a win in that first game versus Cameroon. Mm. Um, they have been, uh, even though I haven't watched them play a lot, I've known that they've always been a big footballing uh, country in Africa. Uh, they have uh, good talents and seeing them play, I was honestly like, pretty impressed. So my money in this game is going to be on Burkina Faso. Whoa, okay. nice, cool. I like it. Alex? I, I don't know. I'm not going to predict. You don't have to ask. Hey, me. Yeah, yeah. I'll say Gabon just to be contradictory. And I, I recognize more of their players than Burkina Faso. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> All right. I have Gabon winning this. Now, I don't know the most about Gabon, but having watched a few of their games, they, they look pretty solid. Um, they, they look like, I mean, without having Obama Yang and uh, was a Lamina with the little headaches there, um, I feel like they could you know, push Burkina Faso. So I'm going to say a 2-1 victory with like a, a 93rd minute, you know, <laughs> stealer, like a, a howler in a sense. All righty. Nigeria, Tunisia. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I think all three of us are going to be on the same page, but let, let's hear it. Adam? But, you know, just using common sense right now, I'd have to say Nigeria. I am expecting a good game from Tunisia, though, because they do have a lot to prove right now. Um, you know, they're going to, you know, have a lot of their, uh, on their heart, too, from uh, the fact that they kind of feel robbed from that very first game with the whole referee situation. But um, we need to yeah. get to that. Sorry, I forgot about that. We need yeah. to get to that after. Yeah, we definitely will definitely go back to that. Uh, but yeah, um, 
I'm expecting a good game from Tunisia. I definitely don't think it's going to be a walk in the park for Nigeria, but Nigeria is quality and they should seal this game. Hmm. Alex? Um, I've watched so much, so I'm going to say Tunisia. <laughs> I'm just going to go off a little bit because I think like they made the World Cup last time. Like Obviously, Nigeria did too, but I feel like I'm just going to yang when you guys ying and um i'm gonna i'm gonna go that way i just think it will be closer just because talent wise it's not like a huge huge discrepancy compared to some of the other matchups no definitely tunisia can be surprising yeah like they're a solid team Mm -hmm. i'm saying a two nothing win for nigeria um i think they've had such a strong tournament so far i think they're going to continue on that trend um and it's been a little worrisome that although Tunisia has looked good in their games for the most part, they haven't pushed, they haven't gone that, that extra goal or that extra, like not necessarily that they weren't lacking any bounces per se, but I just feel it's not going their way right now. And I think Nigeria, it is going for the Nigeria in a sense. So Nigeria is going to take this game. Yeah. All right. Guinea, Gambia. I have, I have Guinea winning this one zero. Um, I just, I'm, it's going to be a, a tight game, very strong, uh, very strong uh, balance. But I think I think Guinea's going to win this. Yeah, I'm um, going to have to agree with you there, Kieran. You know, um, it would be cool to see Gambia put up a fight. To be honest, I haven't seen too much of uh, them playing, but um, Guinea definitely do seem the favorites in this situation. And for my lad, Nabi Keita, I am definitely going to have to go with Guinea on this one. <laughs> Alex? Absolute uh, stunner that he's scored, I, by the way. That, that, that goal. I, I, I have no clue. I'm just going to I'm just gonna go again. Yeah. More just, confidence, I'm man. They came second in their group. Good for them. I'm going to go oh, again. Okay. okay. Cameroon, Comoros. Comoros. They're coming. It's coming home. I, I want to take the underdog on this one too. Uh, I'm I think I'm gonna go Comoros on this one as well. Okay. Uh, just because I that'd want be, them to. That'd be it. crazy. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Oh, it'd be phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I just don't see the tournament hosts losing to a smaller country in Comoros or or losing to a country that hasn't been there before and done it and gone past this round. Um, Cameroon's gonna take it fairly convincingly, I think. Let's Senegal, so. Cape Verde. Technically, that's almost the bigger upset of Cape Verde one. Like they're a smaller country, technically. But um, I'm gonna go with Senegal just because I think against Cape Verde they should win. But I'm, I don't feel confident about it if they were playing a maybe a better team. You know, a huge, a huge, huge um thing that I noticed in this tournament is just, you know, like when we played the very first game versus Nigeria, like. They just like the difference in size <laughs> between the Nigerian players and the Egyptian players was just like, you know, very noticeable. Mm-hmm. They were like absolute units compared to us, you know, very, a lot more physical, you know, a lot, a lot more like built, um, taller. So on like a physicality perspective, when they were just going in for the ball, like we almost never made it out like with the ball. <laughs> so um, Cape Verde is another team um, that I was surprised by how, um, because when I, I watched them uh, play Ethiopia, um, and Ethiopia similarly um, didn't have a lot of big players, like uh, yeah. similarly to Egypt, um, like big as in like like size wise, uh, mm. not not ability. No. 
but uh, yeah so um it's definitely going like i feel like cape verde is going to play a physical game um so it's not going to be easy as we imagine for senegal especially with the form that they're on but i still am going to go with senegal on this one i likewise i'm choosing senegal to get through uh not convincingly as we have uh, as we've mentioned previously yeah. uh, morocco malawi i'm going morocco 3-0 yeah. i think this is going to be a blowout yeah I, I think so too honestly yeah definitely morocco for this one i want to say malawi for the jokes but yeah i'm going to say morocco i think it's not going to be too close i think this might be the least watchable match just yeah. in terms of like quality i agree with that different teams yeah Between- all right i want to skip ivory coast egypt for now because i want to hear mm-hmm. that and last mali equatorial guinea i have mali coming on top uh, let's hear from you guys. Um, I haven't watched. Uh, oh, I did watch a little bit of Equatorial Guinea. Um, um, Mali just does have some superstars and is, again, one of those African footballing like, legend nations. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Mali on this one, too. Okay. Yeah, me too. I, I love Treore. I can't say his name right now, but yeah. So there you go. Who, who's that other guy, uh, Kieran? Haidara, I believe. Um Hydara, yeah, 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 for uh, RB Leipzig. Yep, yeah, really good player. Uh, He doesn't play more often, though. I mean, that team's really weird right now. Um, Yeah, I haven't watched too much of them. Um, Has he not featured in any of the group stage games? Oh no, 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 I I meant for for Leipzig. Oh, I see. uh, I also like Basuma. He's a good player. He plays for Brian. Yeah. He's a good player. Is it Yves? Yeah. Really good player. Yeah. So, like, so like that's another guy that I like. So, yeah. see, see, Karen, you're asking me at the beginning of the tournament who does Molly have? There you go. <laughs> yeah. I think it was more, I didn't know enough of them. Yeah. That was ignorance on my part. But that's why we have an African correspondent, you know, speaking <laughs> on sports cast is, you know, our budget's gone up a little bit thanks to you, dear listeners. So uh, yeah, our budget you know, of zero dollars. Yeah, yeah, we can go up. So. <laughs> we can afford a correspondence now. We'll, we'll give you a high five afterwards. Yeah. Already uh, the big match for you, Ivory Coast, Egypt, a lot on the line here. What's going on? What's who, Who's going to come out on top? Um, You know. All I'm going to have to say is it depends. <laughs> it really does depend on the way that we play, you know. Um, you know, the fact, you know, what's making me, like, feel a little bit more optimistic than I should is the fact that we were absolutely bodied by Nigeria, yet we almost, almost squeezed in that draw. It was, it was very close. I feel like if we scored that goal, that could have been a draw right there. Um, so... You know, there's a lot of history. We did beat them um, at a final, uh, I believe, in... Uh, I'm not sure it's either 2006, 2008, or 2010. Now I'm losing track with all these Afghans we're winning. <laughs> uh, very you know. humble of you. <laughs> yeah, you have the most seven, and I think the next is Cameroon. Yeah, oh, but I don't know about the seven because, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep it at the humble, like, you know, actual five. It is seven, technically, but um, you won the I'll first. Tell guys, I'll, you, I'll tell you guys something funny. We won the first two Afcons, 
and the first two there were only three nations including egypt <laughs> also also your team it says you were called united arab republic on wikipedia oh wow so we weren't even egypt then we were like, no no the first oh, one the first one it's technically it is it says egypt and then the second oh. one it says you're united that might have yeah yeah so that was actually not just egypt then that was like um egypt syria and another country all together as one yeah one country Oh, interesting. Interesting. Mm. Um, oh, sorry about that, guys. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, See, okay. like this guy, this guy, you know, he's our Africa correspondent. You know, it's there's a lot of people trying to be in contact with him. You know, his, his sources are really good. So, yeah, it's like okay. most of them are asleep right I now. I was actually, I was actually solo, just keeping me updated about uh, like, yes. the, the, the vibes, the vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very nice. Like, uh, yeah. what is it probably like he's, four he's in the saying morning? not not to worry about ivory coast uh it's going to be you know he's going to bring his <laughs> in. He said I, he, I, the coach I, said he can play uh on the wing so we're good we're good for that game i would That's say crazy. though this ivory coast egypt matchup and same probably with nigeria tunisia like i think those are like the best matches of like the round of 16 like uh, in a weird way you feel like it would be maybe better if it was a quarterfinal match but um yeah. like just a bit further up in the tournament like i feel like if Egypt, like whoever loses, probably is better than at least one or two of the other quarterfinalists. But yeah, I think this is definitely one that I, I think I'll, I'll actually watch because he'll, I think I'm excited. Also, I want you and David's reactions. During the game, so. <laughs> actually, me and David. So the next AFCON 2023 is going to be hosted in Ivory Coast. Yeah. So maybe, yeah. maybe I'll go catch that yeah. in Ivory oh, Coast. Yeah. That, that would be quite the experience. But um, yeah, you know, uh, not to be too biased, I kind of do have a good feeling about this game from Egypt and I'm not going to say it's because of the way that we've been performing recently <laughs> it's just because you know we do have that squad um I believe Ivory Coast are not as physical as Nigeria um I don't know if that's um completely true or not but um I don't believe they're going to be as physical uh, during uh the game they definitely have um you know definitely more depth than us in those uh, certain positions that could prove the difference for them but i can't go I, against egypt right now so i'm you know i'm just, I'm just hoping for the win <laughs> <laughs> i'd say ivory coast i don't know if they're necessarily more physical or less physical but they definitely have a few players that are more agile and nicholas yeah. pepe and, and wilfred zaha well for sure um and those are two kinds of players that i don't really see nigeria having the same kind of player but but uh, but also the same name of a player but we've seen we've seen players like this you know elite dribblers so we've seen Mahrez get shut down we've seen Salah get shut down they're just not really giving them the room um mm-hmm. you know watching Salah against Sudan it was frustrating to me like you know I just couldn't understand like how he wasn't getting like you know uh, maybe I'm a little bit biased and I think that if you can do the things that he does uh, you know versus elite Premier League defenders, <laughs> you should be able to do it against Sudanese defenders without a problem. Um, so it's definitely not as a walk in the park ever against whatever team. So yeah, um, you know, like like Mehrez had three three games where he had the opportunity. You know, like ninety minutes every single game. Mm-hmm. Mehrez is arguably one of the best dribblers right now, yeah. um, and just you know not being able to make that difference. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to, Kieran, talk touch on the the ref? Because I feel yes. Like- so we're we're running out of time, but let, let's talk about this because this is <laughs> I don't know if it's funny or 
awful or whatever it is. But all right, Mali Tunisia, 85th minute, 85th minute. And now everyone that knows soccer knows that games go to 90th minute and then out of time. No, no, no. This ref blew the whistle at 85 minutes with, I believe, Mali was winning one nothing at the time, right? Yes. So they go off the court or they go off the field and they have to come back to finish off the game. Tunisia <laughs> doesn't let, want to let, let me correct you there, Kieran. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm mistaken. I'm mistaken. Um, yeah. yeah. So he actually blew the whistle at the 85th minute and then was told, hey, <laughs> it's the 85th minute. What are you doing? To which he resumed the game again. And then he went back and he stopped the game at the 89th minute and 40 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, like, the players were, like, uh, all, like, returned to, like, well, first, the coach invaded the pitch and got in his face, and he's, like, he's just pointing in his watch, and he's, like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> not only was there no additional time, and you could see the the, the person with, uh, you know, um, on, on the side just getting his, like, board ready to show how many minutes of additional time there would be, which, by the way, should have been at least five minutes due to the fact that there was a cooling break in that half, that there was a red card, and there were two VAR um, situations. So, at the very least, it would have yeah. been. And not only that, Tunisia was actually playing with an extra man because Mali had received the red card. So it's just absolutely crazy. So he sends all the players to the the change room. The match is concluded in the 89th and 40 seconds. Um, the referee has had to get protected by security because everyone is just rushing, trying to understand what is happening. You know, the players go in and apparently the players are just in the change room. They're 30 minutes deep into their recovering ice baths to which... Um, People walk into the press conference uh, that the coach is doing and telling him that the game is now being resumed. <laughs> he has to return to the field. And they actually bought a whole new kit of like referees <laughs> to finish this like last five minutes. All in all, not a very great look um, for the tournament. Um, I've heard some reports of the ref um, potentially getting a heat stroke. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that too. You know, it was a, it was a very hot day, uh, or else they obviously wouldn't have taken that um, cooling break. You know, it it kind of makes sense because I just don't understand, like you know, that degree of confusion. I honestly, there was malice really, towards yeah. it, but I don't think there was. I I don't think anybody is stupid enough to do it in that degree where he tries no. to whistle at the 85th. And, you know, there is a lot more that you can do if you're trying to cheat. That, that's pretty <laughs> bold. That's a pretty yeah, bold That's definitely tactic. a very bold move. move <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, as uh, others have mentioned, he um, has had previous allegations of um, fixing matches. Mm-hmm. So that definitely doesn't help his situation. Definitely a bad look on the tournament, like I said. But, hey, it happens everywhere, you know. Um, oh, CONCACAF is really good refs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was reading somewhere that said if, if Tunisia didn't go back onto the field, they would have to redo that entire game. Now, I don't know if that was accurate or not, but could you speak to that or is that? I believe that was just, uh, you know, I believe like that was just like a lot of talk. Maybe they're right of all in a lot of like more like, you know, to see if Tunisia hadn't qualified, we would have seen them. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Boycott or yeah. Yeah. Submitting uh, petitions to FIFA, you know, like. And then seeing a lot more like 
uh, in that matter. Uh, definitely helped that they qualified. Um, so, yeah. But I mean, they didn't get a good draw out of it. No. Like they oh, definitely probably not. had the hardest draw, like, yeah. truthfully. So, um, anything else you want to touch on? Do you have a predict? Do you predict? Uh, do you have a champion that you you think will win, other than maybe Egypt, or are you gonna just go with the bias? Um, you know what? I'll do you guys one better. Um, <laughs> I'll go through the round of sixteen as we just did, uh, but in a in a less optimistic uh, sense, and predict <laughs> the teams that are gonna win, and then go through the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and I'll okay. give you guys the the as as the uh, uh, African expert here, um, I'll give okay. you guys the uh, the perceived final. Okay. So we'll start with Burkina Faso and Gabon. Um, as I said, I, I really feel like Burkina Faso. Okay, and Burkina Faso. Everyone there. So uh, Burkina Faso will be moving on to the quarter, the first quarter final. Yeah. Um, I sense no nonsense from Nigeria. Um, <laughs> Nigeria will be also moving on hey, to Nigeria. The yeah. yeah. So first quarter final, I believe, is going to be Nigeria um, and Burkina Faso. Mm-hmm. Um, Senegal is going to make it out of the. Uh, the round of 16 um they're gonna get their stuff together with the help of uh their elite team uh, and they're going to the quarterfinals as well um okay. mali should also have this one um in mm-hmm. their pocket um yep. honestly this one i'm not too sure about uh because i've seen equatorial guinea play and they're honestly not that bad so uh i'm just gonna have to put my money on mali but um definitely want to watch um guinea and gambia gotta go for guinea uh guinea has been uh, you know a good team um so i'm gonna pick guinea for that one uh moving on to the quarterfinals uh to face cameroon okay um i know it seems like i'm picking all the all the big teams and it's gonna be a little bit disappointing when it doesn't go as planned but um yeah definitely guinea for that one um the, the so uh sorry guinea versus cameroon uh third quarterfinal our last quarterfinal will be Morocco and Egypt, a North African derby, if you will. Um, definitely bias right there. But, um, <laughs> you know, with, uh, you know, countries or, or national teams with Egypt's stature, you know, you can't really undermine them. Um, I'm going to come out and say it. I also, like, I can't say Egypt's going to get knocked out because, uh, knock on wood. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so that's our quarterfinals. Um, so, I believe our first semifinal is actually going to be Nigeria versus Senegal. I hope okay. that would be okay. a very sense. great Senate semifinal to watch. Honestly, yeah. that'd be quite amazing. Um, for the second semifinal, I am actually going to go with Guinea and I think Egypt is going to run out, but wow. I'm going okay. with Egypt <laughs> because <laughs> if they're going to make it there, let's hope they, they make it further than that. Um, and honestly, there's this just like this domestic like competitiveness. We 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 play a lot of Moroccan clubs domestically and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh we're definitely very familiar with these players uh and their style of play. Um so um I am hoping, I'm not gonna say I'm confident, I'm hoping of a semifinal of Morocco and Egypt, which would be uh very amazing. And uh, so, you guys would play, I think, in the in the quarterfinal. Yeah, would we? In the yeah. In the sorry, you mean in the in the semis? If we beat um, 
Morocco. No, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure you play Morocco in the in the quarter. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Morocco yeah. in the quarterfinals, and then we beat them. We go on to the semis to play Guinea. To play exactly to play Guinea. Uh, you know, Salah and Man. Uh, sorry, Salah and uh, Keita. They yeah. have a little handshake before the match begins, hopefully, and mm-hmm. then um, we will hopefully be the winners of that. And in the final, I am hoping we are going to meet Nigeria again, just for that chance of redemption, really. <laughs> oh, the entire circle from first game to last game. That would be, you know, quite quite the scenes. But uh, it would also be no surprise to see Senegal there. Um, but just the way I've seen Nigeria um, and the way uh, everyone is talking about their light-skinned goalkeeper, <laughs> it's been uh, quite the trend on social media. Uh, he's kind of, uh, you know, entering a bit of a popularity contest. But I'm just hoping to... Uh, Hoping to, you know, face Nigeria again. That would definitely be a cool game to see. Maybe we can step it up on the second uh, try. Who knows? With, with uh, Salah on the wing now. Am I officially the most biased uh, African sports pundit yet? <laughs> no, no. I think you're good. It, it's important to back your team. See, I was... Definitely. No, I did not back hey, this this. This guy picked Chelsea to win the Champions League last year. I yeah. know, I know. And, and we uh, mocked him. We mocked him. Yeah, exactly. So you can't. It was right. That was an IQ. Dreams can come true. Dreams can yeah. come true. Yeah. You even mentioned that on the podcast here, and I remember I was, I was listening to it, and I was like, "Kieran, you're delusional." <laughs> now you have hey, receipts of what happened. You you can tell everyone you were right. There's potential. There is potential. Yeah. Already, I think that cap. So you have Egypt winning this then. Um, I have Nigeria winning this, but I oh. <laughs> oh. oh oh okay. Oh okay. no, honestly, I am very impressed by Nigeria. Um, I think they will win the tournament. They don't okay. have an easy route to the final, but it's also about time that they do. They uh, won it in 2013, I believe, um, not too long ago. But their squad is phenomenal. They have a great defender, uh, Trust Ikong, I believe, or uh, no, something Trust. I'll check. Uh, uh, he's, he's a very good defender who plays uh, for Watford or... Uh, oh, gosh, I got it. But yeah, you were saying? Yeah, but um, yeah, so they got that good defender. William Trust Ikong was his, is his name. Um, he plays for um, Watford. Yeah, he plays for Watford, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's been quite good this tournament, so... Yeah, lots of I got Nigeria there. for this definitely. Mm-hmm. And, there. and I think a lot of other people are also going to be choosing Nigeria to win this. Yeah. Uh, any last thoughts, or are we? Uh... Uh, I I mean I was gonna I think we've gone long enough, but I just wanted to say for the African listeners, uh, tomorrow the draw for the FIFA World Cup for Africa will commence for the the final round. So we'll we'll see we'll know the matchups for March for uh, who's playing who in the home and away legs to to make the world cup and then there's canada foot i didn't say that (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's actually my prediction i i don't know why but i have a feeling that if egypt actually does end up going through to the world cup we're going to be in a group with canada and i'm going to be torn but i can tell you right now i'm going to be rooting for egypt (laughs) (laughs) that'd be there's a guy on egypt marmouche who could have played for canada yeah yeah well he's gonna have more of a dilemma than i will (laughs) (laughs) i don't think he will i don't think he he will 
Yeah. We won't. We won't. Okay, you guys will lose. It'll, it'll suck, but you know, you're the best player. <laughs> okay, on buddy, we, we need world. to make it to our World Cup. We need to make it first. Like, yeah, we're, we're, we're making it. We That's do, our do. next pod. It's a reactionary, but oh, yeah. our loss already was one to forget. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> already, thank you, dear listeners, for tuning into this week. Uh, thank you, Hadam Razmi, to our. Well, you are now our official African correspondent. Um, you are also one of our other Liverpool correspondents until Salah moves to another team and you'll, <laughs> you'll be our correspondent for that team. You're our Egyptians <laughs> abroad correspondent as well. That, that's exactly. yeah. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. So thank you for being there. Guys. And thank you, so thank you Alex, as well. Uh, it was a great pleasure to have you both here. And until next time, take care. Cheers. Take care, boys.